after leaving the school that I served at Twelve Plus, you know, I, I was able to kind of connect, you know, friend my students from the schools. Um, and then students would message me saying, I'm so proud of you. Oh. And that's different, you know, <laughs> you, you saying it to a student. Yes, but when a student saying it to you. The student says it to you. I'm doing something just youth in general they know when you're not real mm-hmm. you know they catch fake people like mm-hmm. you're fake like you're out and to be able to build that meaningful relationship with them yes. and for them to trust you but also respect you and look at you as a mentor and yes. also a friend and then be able to say that to you i think was one of my biggest accomplishments yo philly listen up to all our small business owners not just our small business owners, also our entrepreneurs, our creators, our dreamers, our doers. This is Small Business Saturday. Every week we're dropping knowledge about small businesses. Man, you know what? Just listen to the podcast. But we try to do a cool intro. But however we promise the podcast, we will be dropping gems. We will be dropping knowledge. We will be dropping the tools you need to succeed in your small business. All right. So every week, every Saturday, stay tuned with Small Business Saturday. Let's get it. Okay, everyone, we're back at it again with yet another episode of Small Business Saturdays. We are excited to have Tufan with us. She is the owner and co-founder of Cafe Roasters. Cafe Roasters is the first and only Viamanese specialty coffee roasters in Philadelphia. And they also roast coffee from Southeast and East Asian regions. Their mission is to share the value of community across all cultures through their coffee. And not just that, what's amazing is that a significant portion of their profits are donated to 12 Plus, which is a local educational nonprofit that partners and uh, with under-resourced public high schools to increase educational equity. Jobs will also be offered at the roastery at 12 to 12 plus students. Oh my god, that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I'm reading the intro, but I'm just like falling in love with her as I'm At the grocery to 12 plus students to support their personal and professional development. The what? The Odi. Yay! (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, guys, I got so excited as I was reading her intro. So, yeah. (laughs) Let's hear from your side. Yes. Okay. Tell us your story. Okay. So, my name is Tufam, and I actually. used to work at 12 plus the educational nonprofit that um delilah mentioned in the intro um and i was first a fellow there and then a site coordinator where i managed a team to kind of do all the frontline work in the school where we did um the college and the career access for the students um so the anchor of that program was the relationship building so we made sure that um really built a personal connection to each and every single student and that really helped us um, to kind of guide them and mentor them through their post-secondary plans. Mm-hmm. Um, and ultimately, we wanted every single senior to graduate with some type of plan. You know, whether it was a gap year, yes. totally fine. You know, if it was a two-year school, a four-year school, a technical school, right. whatever it is, as long as you have a plan and we talk about it, you know? Because many of them don't, I'm mm-hmm. A lot of them, you know, just don't know where to start. Yeah. And it really just starts with a conversation and a conversation with somebody who they know invested in them yes um so that's what i did for two years at 12 plus and then now i'm actually um, managing cafe roasters so i am the head roaster there um, and also creating student programming for the students Mm -hmm. once they're integrated into our business um, we're going to create jobs for them so 
they're gonna have a roasting apprenticeship, so they'll learn how to operate the commercial coffee roaster. That's amazing. Roast coffee, they'll learn how to taste coffee, kind of build their palate, um, cup coffee, and that's kind of like a technical term, but maybe we can get into that later. Um, handle the social media accounts, um, which is a big thing for businesses. Um, as you guys know, yeah. um, and then managing the wholesale partners program that we have and a bunch of other different types of jobs that we'll create later. But um, that's what I'm doing these days. So before um, people are like, oh, how'd you go from, you know, the nonprofit to doing what you're doing now? Mm -hmm. I, I believe I read that you, you were working for a nonprofit mm -hmm. and then you saw there was like an opening for some type of job competition and then you decided to apply for it and you worked with the owner of the nonprofit for it. Yep. So can you talk about that? Like, what made you want to apply, and then why? Why the coffee? Yep. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> which I'm drinking right now, by the way, it is absolutely delicious. <laughs> I've got the iced coffee. <laughs> so I think it was I think October 2017 was when the competition was released by Shift Capital, yes. and it was called the Kensington Storefront, the Kensington Avenue Storefront Challenge, mm -hmm. and they were looking for. Makers, creators, entrepreneurs, nonprofit organizations, um, just anyone who was interested in revitalizing the Kensington neighborhood. Um, so they were looking for those people to create a business plan mm -hmm. and then we would kind of pitch it. It was kind of like a mini Shark Tank kind of competition. And um, that competition was founded by uh, Raymond John, who yes. is the CEO of 12 Plus, and also another business partner who. Um, Wait, really? Another person, yep. I don't know. <laughs> um, another person. Um, he also contributed a lot to 12 Plus and kind of founded the nonprofit with Ray. Um, they always had a dream of opening up a coffee shop. You know, they had other ideas, you know, to kind of create social enterprises that mm -hmm. funneled money into 12 Plus and mm -hmm. make it easier for a nonprofit to kind of do the work that they do. Yes. And they, 12 Plus always wanted to expand into more schools, but you know, the issue is always money. Yes. The constant grant applications that you have to do and just the money that is kind of the driver to if you're able to help students or not, mm -hmm. you know. Um, so they were kind of just bouncing ideas off of each other, you know, like let's do a coffee shop. Um, but the question was, um, how are we going to make ourselves different, different. from yes. any other coffee shop in Philadelphia, you know? And with this third wave, kind of specialty coffee thing in this it's big. world. Yeah. Um, I love coffee. You're like, hey, yeah. I have an idea. <laughs> you know, like, there's kind of that expectation that we have to brew coffee a certain way, roast coffee a certain way, or cater to a certain kind of market. Mm -hmm. um, and I was thinking, because he kind of brought that idea to me about the coffee shop, I was like, you know, like, what about we do something related to Vietnamese coffee? Because yes. there's a whole culture and tradition and method behind Vietnamese coffee. Have you had Vietnamese coffee before? Right now, which is no, amazing. No, no. <laughs> no, before that. No, honestly, I haven't. I think I had once, and I remember, like, the sweet no. I had it in, like, the, the ice version that I had. Yeah, it's delicious. So what makes Vietnamese coffee so unique um, is that it's brewed in this kind of pseudo-espresso apparatus, and it's called a fiend. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, so there's a chamber, you add the coffee ground in there, and then you tamp it down, and you put that over a cup with condensed milk. You can drink it black as well, but it tastes much better with some sweetness. Yeah. Um, and then you pour water on top of the chamber, and it drips real slow. So it's about four or five minute kind of brew time, but the coffee, the way that it's roasted, um, it's super strong. 
Um, the coffee is different from kind of third wave specialty coffee mm -hmm. in that it's robusta beans. It right. soaks up a lot. Mm, robusta beans are different from Arabica beans. So robusta beans um, are harvested earlier and they're grown at lower altitudes, whereas Arabica beans, what third wave coffee shops use, yes. um, are grown in higher altitudes and they care for more. Um, they take a longer time to grow. Um, harvest times are very specific. Are they like more rare or like expensive or anything? Um, it's a, it's like more expensive. Definitely. So okay. robusta beans, you can kind of push it out real fast because it's such a demand. Yeah. And um, Vietnam is actually the, the second largest producer and exporter of coffee right after Brazil. Mm. Um, that's something that we wanted to kind of highlight as well. Um, but going back to the method of brewing the Vietnamese coffee, it's really unique because when you order it at a restaurant, like a flower restaurant, mm -hmm. or if you have it at home, it takes so long to brew um, that it kind of forces you to be a little bit more present. Yes. You know, because you're waiting for that really luscious cup of coffee to be made, and it kind of forces you to engage with your, your whoever's at the table, mm -hmm. you know, or even your environment. Mm -hmm. And that's something so that- So it's not mindlessly done, it's just, right. yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's something that we really want to share with different cultures, you know, like, mm -hmm. your coffee doesn't always have to be, like, on the go and yeah. convenient, like, right away, um, it can also be something that you can be present with. Yes. Um, that's something we want to share and highlight. Um, I love that. Mm -hmm. What's yeah. the name of the bean type again? Robusta. Robusta. Mm -hmm. So there's two kind of varieties of coffee, so there's Robusta and Arabica. So I'm learning stuff. Today. I am, and then I'm honestly I'm not really that much of a coffee drinker. Okay. I'll drink like iced coffee or anything, which yeah. should be like all weather. But I'll drink it if I know like okay, I have a lot of work to get yeah. done. I need it's just I'll do it because I have to. But this coffee, and I'm not even trying to sell it because you're here right now. Plug. But I, <laughs> I mean, it's already gone. <laughs> this coffee. <laughs> Fill her up. Absolutely delicious, and I'm not a coffee drinker. Uh -uh. And no, it's really, really good. Like, wow! Right. I, yeah. Something that you know, like, happens at some, you know third wave coffee shops mm -hmm. is that you're kind of expected, or you kind of feel it on the side, people looking at you as you put your cream and your sugar. Um, but the condensed milk is so kind of vital in a Vietnamese cup of coffee that you know. We kind of want people to not feel shameful of drinking their coffee. So you were saying you, you were looking for, um, you know, a profitable idea that's something that's like topical and relevant that also connects with you and Raymond as well, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. And uh, for the listeners, are, you're both Vietnamese, right? From there? Yeah, so I am a Vietnamese American. Okay. Um, so I actually was born in the Philippines. <laughs> so my family was um, a refugee family and we were actually headed to California and California was kind of uh, one of very few uh, states um, in the United States where refugee families could go to um, and find asylum. And we were on the way to California, and my mom actually um, was in labor with me. <laughs> so we made a stop in the Philippines. So I was born there, and we lived there for about a month, and then we headed to California. But um, Ray is Korean, our other business partner. Okay. So Korean. Okay. Um, but yeah, that's one reason why that we didn't want to just specifically focus on Vietnamese coffee, but all Asian coffees, mm -hmm. even teas, you know, because I think that kind of tradition and community engagement um, is a value amongst Asian kind mm -hmm. of beverage industry. Got it, got it. So what brought you to Philly? Or I guess both of you. Um, so I myself moved to Philly when I was four. Okay. I moved to Philly when I was four and um, 
was raised in Albany. I'm still in Albany. I'm super proud to be the O. And Raymond actually is from Northern Virginia. Mm -hmm. And he came to Philly because he went to University of Pennsylvania. Nice. Mm -hmm. okay. And our other business partner mm -hmm. was also um, an undergraduate um, at University of Pennsylvania. Very cool. So how did you get into the education system? So I know you were working, was that prior to you working at the nonprofit? Were you always invested or? Nope. And <laughs> look at you So I um, actually went to college for psychology. Okay. Um, and I minored in marketing. Yes. So I was going to go into market research. Um, so the year before I entered 12 plus, I was I'm applying for my MBA um, and I was super close like this close I, don't, I can't even show you right now to go this for close it. to like go for it you know and submit my application had my recommendations yes. and I paid for the the GMAT mm -hmm. I took it and um, I was so close but you know during the entire application process I was like this is just not what I want to do right um, but I don't know what I want to do mm -hmm. um, but I knew about 12 plus already for I guess for two years how long has it been around 12 plus, yeah. it's, it's a seventh year now. Okay. And I knew about 12 plus for about two years. And it, it's really interesting how I knew about 12 plus was that um, I used to go to an SAT academy when I was in high school, mm -hmm. um, owned by uh, this great individual named Jason, mm -hmm. Jason Min. And he moved to California um, and was looking for um, somebody to kind of take over the SAT academy. So, that's where Raymond came in. Mm. So Raymond um, took over um, the SAT Academy, um, and that Academy also funnels money into Top Plus. There it is. <laughs> um, but uh, the whole connection is that Jason Min, he's a musician, um, yes. so he was asked by Raymond to do the music for one of their uh, 12 plus videos called Project Flight. Mm -hmm. um, and I hope you guys can link this later. Yes. It's, it's beautiful. And um, I would rewatch it. It was kind of weird because it was about a student, you know, a student. It's a music video? Um, no, it's kind of like a. It, it's a poem mm -hmm. um, with one of our students from Kensington who starred in it. Um, so it's like a story? Kind of a story about okay. the student's application process and the neighborhood that he grew in and how he kind of took flight. After is, is this Kensington High School or Kensington Health Sciences Academy? Okay, the street from Kensington High School. Got it. Okay, mm -hmm. that's good. Um and yeah, I, I would rewatch that video like whenever I was feeling like I don't know, like just not right. Yeah, and it made me feel right. Um and I knew at that time that the application was just released for the Fellows mm -hmm. Initiative. Mm -hmm. Um so I kind of took a stab at it. I was like, let's just see. Look at that. I'm gonna apply. <laughs> <laughs> and fellows basically the frontline workers in the schools so they're stationed in the schools they would do you know college and career readiness workshops um, time management workshops financial literacy literacy workshop but the best part about what they do is that they build these relationships with students and really have those conversations with them meaningful conversation and help them kind of navigate uh, what their plans are after high school um, so yeah I applied I got accepted and I was like I'm doing it Yes. Forget so. this application, this <laughs> application. I'm doing it. So I took like, you know, it was April at that time where I got accepted. And I, school starts in, um, well, the training started in um, August. But that time in between, I really took time to kind of 
learned about taught us more mm-hmm. kind of the educational landscape of Philadelphia. Yes. Um, so yeah, that's how I got connected to 12 plus. It's powerful, just kind of how like one step led to another, yeah. to another, and how like basically you're giving back mm-hmm. with what you're doing right now with your business. Like, mm-hmm. So I have a background in education too. So I, I used to work for Cousins in Kappa. I mean, what was that? constantly overlooked yeah so um, I mean I'm just like I'm, I'm falling in love with you as I'm hearing you speak and I just <laughs> love the fact that like you design your entire business plan mm-hmm. to not just only monetize obviously which is you know the overall goal but how am I giving back mm-hmm. so you know the, like businesses like yours especially matter to any community especially to our Philadelphia community so I mean kudos to you I'm so proud of you for everything that you're doing um, so if you guys didn't get that like you know with what she's doing with her business, uh, as we mentioned, in, we mentioned in the intro, she's making sure that she's developing like plants, like to incorporate the youth from urban city neighborhoods, especially. She's providing jobs opportunities to them. She's providing, you know, on-site training, workshops, and this is this is great. You're, you're giving mm-hmm. too. So, and you're listening now, of course. Like, make sure you find out more about Cafe Roasters and just you're supporting the business in general. us a little bit about like the business itself like because mm-hmm. I know starting a business any business mm-hmm. you know can be a lot of work yeah but what I've noticed from a lot of small business centers that are like specifically small business centers mm-hmm. it's them combining passion with a skill set or some sort of experience mm-hmm. and then just like doing what they love kind of every day but there's a lot that goes along with that so yeah. what were some of the like, first steps to starting the company yeah so you know I wouldn't say it was technically um, easy or smooth, but I would say that it was easier than any other story that I've heard because of Chef Capital. And Chef Capital was, you know, the socially driven real estate company um, that launched the Kensington Avenue Storefront Challenge um, and that we won. Um, well, t- talk to us about that challenge a little yeah, bit. I know you so, mentioned it earlier. Yeah, we mentioned this earlier, um, but we did enter that contest um, with the idea of Cafe Roasters. We initially were going to launch a storefront. Um, so they need a business plan. It's mm-hmm. going to be like retail footprint. Right, right, okay. right. So we submitted that. Um, we did um, two pitches, um, and then we won. Um, so we were one of nine finalists, and uh, the awardees were given the benefit of ten financial, technical, and logistical support. That's awesome. Um, so they really helped us with our lease. You know, they were so compromising. Um, they gave so much room to us to kind of figure out what we wanted, what we needed, right. short-term and long-term. Yeah. Um, and I think that's really because our mission's both aligned. Like, our business plan really is, you know, give back to this community. Right. Um, just like how their business plan is to kind of revitalize the Kensington area. Um, so yeah, they've stuck with us, you know, since the very beginning. Yeah. Um, very triple bottom line yeah. too, because mm-hmm. you guys all you do, you do three things. So I mean, uh, with that competition itself, it's like they want 
you know, new businesses, retail footprint in there that looks and is like visually appealing and like bring mm-hmm. back the neighborhood, but also has like another mission on top of that. Mm-hmm. But then yours has another mission on top of that yep. because not only are you providing jobs, but you're providing education and like mm-hmm. next level career benefits. Right. right, and I think another reason why I don't want to cut to our horn or anything, but like, toot it. Toot it. Yeah, yeah, toot it. <laughs> you know, like I'm a Vietnamese American. Yes. Kensington, there's a huge community of Vietnamese people mm-hmm. um, who've kind of dedicated their lives to, you know, serve the Kensington neighborhood. So there's, you know, a cafe Gat Tan Tan, there's Tan Long, you know, pho restaurants, there's hair cutteries that are owned mm-hmm. by Vietnamese people who have been there for so long. And um, I think once we mentioned that, we want to kind of celebrate the Vietnamese heritage in Kensington, they were kind of like, yes, there's yes. this other community that <laughs> yeah. we kind of want to celebrate as well. Um, so that's one thing. And, um, you know, they've just been super supportive. That's um, so good. You know, any questions that we have, any problems that we have, they're on it. They're super on it. So you won the money and you already had a spot in mind. It's got to be part of like a certain area. So initially they had storefronts right under the Market Frankfort line. Oh, yeah, right yeah. Under Kensington Avenue. you're talking about. Um, but they had a space in Macon Studios North. So that building used to be Jomar that um, Shift Capital um, took over and renovated. And it's a space for makers, hence the name Macon. Um, so there's a space in there um, that we could kind of have our coffee roastery. So they were thinking that we could be under the um, Kensington app if we were interested in doing a cafe. Yeah. But because we kind of switched our business a little bit and decided to focus more so on um, the roasting part of coffee first and kind of develop a wholesale client line. So um, you guys more B2B and not yeah, B2C. Yeah. Is there a cafe in it? Is there a cafe no. presence now? No, okay. no cafe presence. But I can make you coffee if you come. If you come in there. <laughs> How can people purchase your coffee? So there'll be um, actually on shelves of local kind of businesses. Okay. Um, so we're in contact with a few businesses actually right around here. Right in here. It's a good area. Um, they're owned by Asians. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of one thing that I wanted to make sure that um, I was doing was that I was helping other Asian yeah. Americans um, or immigrants. We'll take it out like within your community. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Can you give me a cold brew keg in here? (laughs) (laughs) For sure. Um, Now, is there on your, because you're working on your website right now, correct? Mm -hmm. Working on our website. So on the website, will you have locations where your coffee will be located? Or how can people know Mm -hmm. which stores to go to to purchase your coffee? Yeah, so one kind of marketing plan that I had, or strategy that I had, was once we kind of solidify our relationships with our wholesale partners, Mm -hmm. is that we're going to highlight their business mm-hmm. on our social media okay. so that people can know where to find our coffee but also you know because i need to know i need more of this coffee i'm just saying she's <laughs> hooked i'm telling you i don't drink coffee but this one it kind of reminds me of my grandma's coffee yeah yeah so that's like you know it's, it's just kind that's of that's your like, tagline <laughs> there we go no friends who've tasted this coffee yeah. so this is what my grandma makes up yes i'm telling you this yeah. is not the coffee that i taste like i, I try to purchase coffee like because you know everyone does it they, you know everyone that's like busy they always want to have a cup of coffee yeah it makes them look even more busy or <laughs> so sometimes you know subconsciously you have to like let me just buy a coffee yeah. and then i'll buy it i'm like okay this is disgusting like send it. me to the bathroom like <laughs> I will, I will ask you. It's a family this. cup of coffee. Yeah, and like the only co- 
coffee, I would really drink would be when my grandmother makes it. And some we have like, coffee. yeah, on stovetop, yeah. you know, dip some bread in it and, you know, have like a fried egg on the side or something. Yeah. But this is what it reminds me of. Yep. Oh my gosh. I'm just <laughs> <laughs> your purple girl. <laughs> the, so the name itself, <laughs> Cafe? Yep, the name is Cafe Roasters. And that's Vietnamese, you said, right? Yep. Uh, so directly translated, Cafe means coffee in Vietnamese. Okay. But it also signifies this value of community. Um, and you can see it actually very well and very visibly when you go to kind of the streets of Vietnam. So even Google, if you Google pictures of Vietnam, the streets of Vietnam right now, the first thing that you'll see is people sitting outside of restaurants or just buildings in general on stools and with low tables and just be Vietnamese coffee dripping and they're drinking that like 6 a.m. So coffee's really big in Vietnam? It's really big in Vietnam. And it's the um, second biggest exporter, you said? Second biggest producer and exporter. Produce, okay, wow. Yeah. Um, and it's a huge part of their culture. Um, so Always wired. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, exactly. oh the way that everything works in Vietnam is a communist country, you know, yeah. so they're working real hard. Um, and it yeah. starts with a cup of coffee, a strong cup of coffee. So you've only been in business, you said, less than a year now, right? Less than a year. We actually moved into um, Macon Studios North, our roasting facility, where our roasting facility is at um, December. Mm. Yeah. So what do you, what would you say has been some of your biggest challenges since mm-hmm. launching your business or like some of the biggest like things you've learned from? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Give it to us. <laughs> You can specify one going into the coffee industry and just like a generic one too. Like okay. Some experience. The reason why I'm like hesitating is because I feel like I. You've had a lot of support. We've had so much support from Chef Capital, um, but Plug. I, I get <laughs> Stuart Man. <laughs> Sponsored by. Um, personally, I think I was just a little bit afraid um, entering kind of a okay. third wave. Uh, specialty coffee um, world because I was afraid that you know the people in the industry already weren't going to be accepting of us you know one I'm Asian I'm a person of color I'm a female yeah Um, I don't have too much experience with coffee roasting coffee specifically Um, and I was just really learning things on my own reading YouTube um, going on coffee forums. I felt like, mm. I don't know, a kid again, you would go on forums and just like chat and shake online. Y'all try this Vietnamese coffee? <laughs> but I would read them because, you know, and they would date back to like 2010, but I wanted to learn kind of the history of the Vietnamese coffee, you know, like what people's perception of the coffee was. Um, and I think it was just a fear that I had. But, um, Going into this, um, I think when we did our three-month pop-up, we did a three-month pop-up mm-hmm. at 600 Spring Garden. Yes. 600 Spring Garden used to be um, a really renowned bank um, built by this famous architecture. I forgot your name. <laughs> architecture. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it was then turned into uh, a nightclub called The Bank. And then oh, yeah. Crafts. Um, it's where the PNC is, right? Yep, yep, yep. So it's right in front of the PNC across from Trilogy. Yep. <laughs> so Arts and Craft um, bought that building. They were going to move their offices to 600 Spring okay. Garden upstairs. But there was like, this huge space on the bottom that um, I guess they didn't know what to do with. Um, so um, actually, Ship Capital, <laughs> um, Stuart, um, who is our biggest supporter, really helped us with our release. Um, he reached out to us and connected us to Little Giant Creative, 
Mm-hmm. This is very great. Agency. Yeah, I love this. I work with them. Mm-hmm. This brand agency in Philadelphia, and they were going to do a three month long um, exhibit in that space downstairs of 600 Spring Garden. Um, and it, the exhibit was called A Dream Deferred. Yes, I read about that. Yep, so it really talked about like the past, the present, and the impending kind of doom of racial systemic policies mm-hmm. that's happening in our city. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they integrated art, they integrated technology into it, um, but there was a bar area that was left from the club. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they were like, let's have, let's have a cafe. You know, like we got connected to them, and they were just like, "Yes, like we're so, let's let's do this." Yes. You know, and so we had um, a pop up cafe there, along with um, Kyle from Darnell's Cakes. I want to introduce you to him later, but he's awesome because SBS. he Kyle Scuffy Scott Plug. Mm-hmm. Um, he owns Darnell's Cakes, mm-hmm. um, so he, you know, was I think in marketing. Okay. Um, from Temple, and he was just doing work and then his cousin um, passed away from um, AIDS um, and they did this fundraiser for his cousin and they were just doing big goods and it really hit like people loved his stuff um, so he decided to kind of forego his corporate job and kind of launch this business called Darnell's Cakes. For him. Um, so is this someone, is it, they're vegan? He, or has, he does some gluten-free products but okay. um, yeah, I feel like he may or may not have been at an event that I was at. He does a lot of catering event. events. Yeah, I a think he... A lot of catering okay. events. Um, he looks like Michael B. Jordan, if you're... <laughs> <laughs> he looks like really fashionable. He's super fashionable. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I <laughs> Super yes. awesome. Ladies. He's awesome. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no. <laughs> Gentlemen. Let me get an introduction. <laughs> He's awesome. Um, he also has some culinary experience <laughs> as well, and we partnered together at... 600 spring garden space but there at that um pop-up we learned a lot like we were able to kind of test our product because it was the early kind of stages of our business Mm -hmm. and um it was just a really great solid time to test our product make sure that you know customers were actually liking the flavor profiles that i was kind of putting together Mm -hmm. um, because it was such a kind of new thing to me and also a new thing to the community and we got really great feedback, and um, I was able to kind of mess around with the profile and figure out the solidified kind of blend for our coffee. Um, so I mean, that pop up, I wouldn't say it was hard, but it it was it happened earlier than I expected. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. um, usually pop ups are like a few hours mm-hmm. a day, but it was a three month long commitment that I feel so blessed that I had the opportunity to kind of be a part of. And that was awesome. And that's so good, right at the beginning too. So you're able to like take yep. feedback from your consumers, mm-hmm. like how can we make this better? Mm-hmm. What are we doing wrong? Yep, yeah. yep. And at that time, I got from, I launched a social media account. Oh um, yeah, we got a really, really, really solid following from the pop up. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Were there any setbacks or struggles with like building out the retail space or the, the roastery? Yeah. So there, I guess you know, with with any new kind of construction project there are going to be delays so yeah. there were just you know some minor delays because things were being back ordered um but you know how, how, who are we to complain where we've been supported so much yeah you know um so for those looking to start something similar to this would you have any like recommendations or anything they should oh, be thinking yeah. about i think uh 
let's see. I think it was much easier for us to kind of navigate the whole construction project because um, Ray had an architecture friend who he was kind of able to um, talk to and figure out um, kind of how to make things more cost effective. Mm -hmm. Is his four plan looking good? And then our other business partner is a lawyer, so he was able to kind of deal with all the documents and kind of making us an entity, making sure all those stuff is um, finalized and we're legally operating in Philadelphia. Um, so I think any business should really have a lawyer <laughs> right. or just somebody who they can consult with. Yes. Um, but I would say definitely talk to somebody who has gone through the construction process because, you know, a construction team can put a floor plan together mm. and they put it out in a way, because they work with the architecture, they put it out in a way that visibly looks well. And sometimes they will try to find the most cost-effective things for your space, but sometimes they don't have a lot of time because they have a lot of projects. So they're just finding things fitting your space, but there are a lot of kind of ways for you to reduce your costs, mm -hmm. your build-out costs. And I think it's just finding people who are in those fields in architecture, somebody, who's a lawyer to kind of consult with um, was really helpful. Yeah. How do you uh, market and grow your business? Wow. <laughs> um, so we, we right now just have our Instagram and our Facebook. Our website should be done by the end of this month. Um, but for our kind of feed on our social media stuff, um, I do most of it. Um, and I have a friend who is a student at Temple. She just loves taking pictures and making videos. So she spends a lot of time just coming into her space and kind of building what our brand should yeah. look like. Um, and we kind of make sure we post something every single week. Um, and I just found that Instagram is so vital. I mean, yeah. you guys reached out to me through Instagram. Right. A lot of other businesses have also reached out to me through Instagram. Yeah. Um, so that's something that you shouldn't really neglect. Well, I was going to say, yeah, like being B2B, it's like mm -hmm. different from a lot of B2C, yep. which is focused a lot on social media. Mm -hmm. So I know B2B, if you're doing sort of wholesale, mm -hmm. is there a lot of cold calling? Are you sending out flyers? Is it like yeah. word of mouth? So I'm actually um, reaching out to people through Instagram. Yes. Um, because mm. what I found is that a lot of business owners use Instagram. Yes, they do. They use it all the time. And we also are being connected um, from our followers. So one of our followers, this guy named Ted Nguyen, plug, <laughs> he found out about us through Instagram. So he's a photographer. That's not his full-time gig, um, but he loves photography. And he took pictures of us during our pop-up. And when he posted it on his feed, you know, his kind of network found an interest in us. Okay. So that's how we got connected to other kind of organizations or businesses in Philadelphia. Um, one thing that we um, are in the talks with is Weckerly's, Weckerly's ice cream. So we're working with them, oh, yeah, collaborating yeah, yeah. with them to kind of release the Vietnamese coffee ice cream. Infused. Mm -hmm. Wow. So that was really through Ted, you know. Um, um, and then meeting with Andy from Weckerly's, he was able to connect us with other businesses um, in Philadelphia so that we could kind of get our coffee on those retail shops. Mm. What do you think has been your biggest accomplishment so far with this business? 
Well, that's hard. Because <laughs> I feel like every day <laughs> your community in general is huge. Like you I, said, and yeah, I you're think... the first of your. It's the first of its kind here in Philadelphia. That's something to not take lightly. Mm-hmm. I know it can be a little intimidating at first because it's just like, is this going to be successful or not? Since it's never been done before. Mm-hmm. So I mean, me personally, I salute you for just kind of Thank you, you know mm-hmm. putting yourself out there and taking that leap of faith. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you <sir>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thank you. No problem. But I do think that um, our biggest accomplishment is that, uh, I think I'll, I'll bring back a moment in that, you know, after leaving the school that I served at 12 plus, you know, I, I was able to kind of connect, you know, friend my students from the schools. Um, and then students would message me saying, I'm so proud of you. Oh. And that's different, you know, <laughs> you, you saying it to a student. Yes, but when a student saying it to you. The student says it to you. when you're not real mm-hmm. you know they catch fake people like mm-hmm. you're fake like you're out and to be able to build that meaningful relationship with yes. them for them to trust you but also respect you and look at you as a mentor and yes. also a friend and then be able to say that to you I think was one of my biggest accomplishments if you don't mind me asking how old are you boom <laughs> I am I'm 25. Wow. You hear? She's 25 years old. She's doing all of this. Oh, my Lord. That's amazing. You got to do it, young girl. Everybody got to edit you, right? I'm going to bring in the grades early, but it's okay. great because a lot of people um they they still think like they won't do this until like their 30s or 40s so the fact that you're doing all of this and you're mid-20s it's amazing Mm -hmm. i can only imagine where you're going to be at when you're in your 30s (laughs) but i think again it's really because of the support of capital and also my team you know right Mm -hmm. the business partner are so and you know intelligent talented and have so many skills Mm -hmm. that it made it easier for me you know to kind of head this roastery um, really focus on bringing the students at some point mm-hmm. because I'm missing that a lot yeah. <laughs> like working with the students every single day oh, and when you don't have that anymore it's like uh-huh. god you took something away from me you know and you know your days are better when you, you see a student um, and I don't think you ever you could never kind of feel that until you're in the school. Trust me, I know exactly start. how that feels. Um, yep. I'm proud of you. Thank you. <laughs> Shout out to 20-something girls. Uh, <laughs> <great things. laughs> Just kidding, I'm 30. Okay. Wait, really? No. no. <laughs> I'm 25. <laughs> mm-hmm. I guess getting into entrepreneurship and yeah, sort of just to round this out, you know, you, I guess being kind of new of being a business owner and entrepreneur, mm-hmm. Uh, one question I like to ask is like, what is the hardest thing mm-hmm. and what is the best thing? Mm-hmm. I think the hardest thing is, wow, to just really go for it. Meaning, you know, take a risk in that if you're trying to solicit or build a partnership or relationship with potential clients um, or just your community in general, just go for it. You know, if they don't like you or they're not interested, whatever, at least your name's out there, mm-hmm. you know, because there's some good people out there. There's a lot of good people out there yes. who will somehow connect you, um, connect you to another person, you know, so just get your name out there mm-hmm. and just don't be afraid to speak about what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the best thing? Best thing? I get to work with students again. <laughs> <laughs> but also, you know, one thing I'm really 
glad that I can do is really celebrate my Vietnamese culture. Yes. Because as a Vietnamese American, I think I kind of lost my Vietnamese identity at mm-hmm. some point because of this whole culture. Things were moving by so fast, you know, like, and things were kind of ages. Yeah. You know, like at a certain age, you need to do this, you need yes. to do that. If not, America's going to just <laughs> kick you out. You're not going to be here for the reasons why your parents brought you here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was very much on kind of like an American identity. Um, so this um, coffee roastery brought the opportunity to kind of celebrate my heritage again. Wow, that's heritage, powerful. Which I, you know, I'm really, really confident that I'm going to invest more time into learning yes. about and I'll meet my family and my culture, and at some point we're gonna plan a trip to Vietnam mm-hmm. to meet with a Vietnamese coffee farmer who we've been in contact with. I gotta tell you this. Oh my god! So the Vietnamese farmer we actually got connected to because of a student. Oh my god! So I told you guys earlier that um, the Kensington neighborhood has a lot of um, Vietnamese people. Yes. A lot of immigrants come to the area because housing is a little bit more affordable. Um, and the student, um, when I told it was two siblings, siblings, and I told them about what I was going to be doing after 12 plus, and um, they're like, okay, um, actually, we know a coffee farmer. I'm like, what? <laughs> Tell me more. <laughs> um, and they said, like, uh, their parents owned, I guess, this hostel mm-hmm. in the city. It's a Ho Chi Minh city. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the hostels, they had rented it out to a young coffee farmer. And he came into the city because he was looking to open up a cafe to serve his family's coffee. Because his, fa- his family owned a coffee farm. Uh, um, so you're going to make me cry. Yeah, so, so, hard. so they were the oh ones who connected me to that coffee farmer. Oh um, my god. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Full circle. I it's know. Just a, it's circle. just a circle. And it's kind of weird because I'm like sitting. It's not weird. It's supposed to happen. Yeah. It's just. This is your purpose. This so, is literally your purpose. Yeah. It's nice to it from someone else. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's crazy because you're not just giving back on a local aspect, but essentially on a global aspect mm-hmm. too. So mm-hmm. it's like, you know, the fact that you're connected with that farmer, like, what are the chances that, you know, you happen to be working at the school, you happen to be working with a specific student, mm-hmm. and then they happen to know a, far- a coffee farmer mm-hmm. from, like, where you're trying to, what you're trying to promote, your, your culture. That's, yeah. wow. Oh, wow. God's playing all the way. <laughs> I need to make an introduction for you. Do you know uh, Kai Tran and the guys at Penji? They've got like a design shop in Camden. No. We had a dinner the other night. There was uh, at Viet Huang in oh, like, okay. Washington. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's like a nice little meetup of people like all different backgrounds who are mm-hmm. entrepreneurs. And they're all around like 20-something. So I'd, mm-hmm. I'll make that intro for you. So, so I'm like assuming a, you're in your 20s as well. <laughs> I'm 45. <laughs> no. Um, to round this out, you know, yeah. what are some of your next steps? What are some of the big plans? Yeah, so right now we are really focusing on launching our website because a lot of people have been asking for it. Mm-hmm. And I, that's something that um, we're I definitely know. working on because um, Raymond actually, you know, he built the whole 12 plus website himself. Oh, wow. So he's going to be doing that for Gathia as well. Um, I'm telling you, it's a skilled man. Mm. Especially as a nonprofit owner, you're trying to be as cost effective as possible and you yeah. just gotta learn things. Just, just Google it, man. Yeah. Just Google it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so he graciously is doing our website. So, really focusing on that and then um, launching e commerce. Okay. Because um, awesome. I've already solidified kind of the profiles for our coffee. Um, so, we're also working on our packaging right now. Um, it's gonna be kind of a soft launch of our packaging, mm. but. Um, 
gonna be released, and then we're working with Lojack Creative, who awesome. is um, who has this program program called If Lab, and yes, if, yeah, yep. So they we are one of their clients, so they're gonna be doing branding oh and marketing goodness. as well. So Irving, the amazing designer there, who does basically yeah. all the, the the graphic designing for um, their all their projects, um, he's gonna be doing our packaging. Um, so really focusing on that and getting coffee to customers who have you know, patiently waited for our coffee. You're not going to do any subscriptions, are you? Like coffee of the month, like you send it out, yeah? We're going to do coffee subscriptions. Um, we're also going to be um, sending coffee to a lot of offices. So a lot of offices have asked for our coffee. Um, I think it's also nice having Vietnamese coffee there. I mean, we don't focus on just like Vietnamese coffee with condensed milk. We mm -hmm. also have like your regular black coffee or house blend. Mm -hmm. But I think having a you know a midday pickup with condensed milk is a nice treat. It's yes. kind of like flan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's kind of like flan. <laughs> For those who know what flan is, it's kind of like you know frozen custard. Yep. <laughs> yep. Last question. Well, thanks so much again. No, it's almost over. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. Tell everyone listening where you're located, even though it's not a storefront, yeah. and then where they can find you online. Yep, so our roasting facility is located in Macon Studios North in Kensington. So it's right across the street from the Harrogate Plaza. Um, so we are on 3525 I Street, Philadelphia, PA, 19134. Um, and you can find us on our social media accounts. So it'll be Gaffey Roasters on Instagram and on Facebook. Um, and our website is website is coming soon. And that domain would be? GaffeyRoasters.com. Cool. Any questions for us marketing related? Just so Dee and I both have like a marketing background. Mm -hmm. Do you guys have any questions? Yeah. Anything along the lines of that. How often do you think small businesses should be posting on their social media accounts. Mm -hmm. Should it be every single day, twice a day? Like, what is the frequency that you would suggest? Well, engagement is really important with social media in general. So I, I feel like it depends on what exactly it is you're trying to push out. Yeah. Um, if you can, if you have enough content to post daily, I would recommend to do so. Mm -hmm. And also, when you do when you do post, make sure you reply back to every single body that does comment. Um, a, a technique that I use personally, and this is I mean anyone who's listening, they can do. Um, that's like help build my um, social media too. So algorithm, the way the algorithm is set up is, you know, they'll have like any posts that's up that has a lot of activity going on in it. So if you like, let's say you post something, you get like five or six comments right then and there. You reply back to those five or six comments right then. Um, it's gonna be active right then and there, but then like within 10, 15 minutes, it's gonna get lost in the sauce. Mm -hmm. So if you have like a com, if you have six comments, reply back to two right now. Reply back to one in an hour. Reply back to the other two, like you know, like two hours later. So it's a way that like it's showing engagement on your photo actively, and that way it can, your photo can kind of just stay on the top of the feed because. Oh. There's so many, like the photos always get lost. And that's why sometimes when you go on Instagram, you may see a post from a day ago when you log on. It's like, why? It's because you still have activity going on on it. Oh, so that's like a little technique for anyone trying to go on Instagram. But yeah, and if, if there's someone that's handling yourself, the same thing, look at the hashtags, look at mm -hmm. what other small businesses are, you know, coffees and just kind of comment or like. and. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, just be active on it. But if you have enough content to post daily, do so. But I don't want I don't want you to stress yourself out about that because mm -hmm. you want to make sure that the content you're posting is obviously it's quality. Yeah. Um, but I mean, again, when you post, just make sure you're active. Especially, mm -hmm. on, I, I'm really big on just replying back to all your comments and mm -hmm. stuff. And you would suggest 
not replying to them all at once. I will, yeah. Okay. Especially when you're building your, your profile. So okay. just kind of like space it out. Like, okay, reply back to one now. One, okay. The next one in another hour. The next one in another hour. <laughs> See, but I'm busy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but really, it's just like we're trying to like beat this algorithm. So we still want our posts to always come up because, yeah, we do it all right then and there. Then like no one's going to see it because there's like, you know, hundreds of posts that's always being uploaded on like on second seconds. Right. So you want to keep your your posts active. And, yeah. I wouldn't say it's how often to post. I'd say how often to post good content. Yeah. That's what you're saying. Right. Yeah. Because the more you post not good content, yeah. the worse you're going to be in the algorithm. Right. Yeah. Right. So, so you'll be your, your content's everything, and I feel. Personally, you have an amazing story behind the business of your, um, I mean, behind your business, and especially because it's a business for social impact, mm -hmm. you need to really create content that, that explains that, mm -hmm. you know, show that you're not just a typical coffee, um, you're not just like, you know, this regular coffee shop that's opening up, okay, we're the, we're the first Vietnamese, that's cool, but also, guess what, we're doing this. Mm -hmm. So I really want you to emphasize the content you're creating, mm -hmm. make sure you're creating content that shows your partnership with, um, with the nonprofit. Mm -hmm. um, you know, if you can get like some uh, some visuals of the students, or just kind of if you want to do like a one one day a week and just kind of like a highlight a student. So when you get mm -hmm. the students involved, mm -hmm. um, you definitely want to show that on your profile because you want people to come across. You know, attention span is like whatever. <laughs> but if they see if they see that um, you may say it on your bio, but like they're not going to pay attention right. to that. You want to actually show like what it is that you're doing, how you're impacting the community. Mm -hmm. So I, I think like and that's that's good, especially for potential investors or anyone who wants to potentially partner with you to see what you're doing um, I, you really need to like make sure you create content that's highlighting that as well aside from your, like, your business aspect right, right, right. and Does I think that? we were hesitant in featuring any of our students mm -hmm. because one we're not integrating them just yet yes um, and the reason behind this is just revenue right we're just waiting for revenue so that we can actually pay our students mm -hmm. that's something that we make sure that we do so what type of I guess like pictures or feature well since you haven't done that yet i would say once you know once it's been confirmed you're already going to bring the students mm -hmm. in like let's say you hire your first student you should do a, a video mm -hmm. kind of a video understanding who you are as a business owner and mm -hmm. the background your vision for your company your, your company mm -hmm. so this you don't even have to use the, the student content yet mm -hmm. so kind of video and it can be like a documentary type thing or something you just sit in front of a white screen a green mm -hmm. screen like you know hey my name is this is what we're doing and this is why this that my company is important mm -hmm. and you kind of want to show and, and just like and you want to show different it's just like you know you come from the education background it's more than you know you're really try to highlight uh, being a Vietnamese American and you really want to give back to the community like what you're doing is essentially going to change lives mm -hmm. so you really want to promote that on social media too because you never know again who's going to come across your page right. and who will want to help share this all it takes is one video to go viral as yeah, well sure. so people love a storyline mm -hmm. people love they will engage into it so you want to make sure like don't be scared of sharing that story because mm -hmm. what you're doing is amazing and I'm telling you like people will buy into it and like oh my gosh <laughs> so I, I want you to start thinking about the content you create so not just um highlight your business but what you're doing on, on like on a community aspect too mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> well thanks again for everything this is great i think this is a good movie we got 50 minutes here we got some good content oh my god i don't want this interview <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's seven o'clock 
So there you have it, everybody. Uh, Tufam, thank you so much. Yes. Owner and co-founder of Cafe Roasters in Kensington. Great story, great mission. Yes. Uh, you know, shout out to you and everybody you mentioned. I think you got a lot of good stuff going yes. on. It's been an amazing episode of Small Business Saturday <laughs> from Mac, Delilah, and Tu uh, here in Philadelphia. Thanks for everybody listening. Make sure to like, comment, subscribe, share. Uh, a lot of good content coming up for you. A lot of really cool small businesses here in Philadelphia. And uh, we'll see you next week.